Welcome to the Unbreakable and Fearless Podcast. I'm JC, current collegiate student athlete and owner of Unbreakable Female Athlete. Candice, current college coach and owner of Fearless and Capable. We are teaming up to bring perspectives as a coach and as an athlete that hit on topics and issues that we face as women in sport. Join us as we build on a friendship of more than 10 years and get real about what is happening. And how we can make tomorrow better for women in sports. Hello. (laughs) How are you, JC? I'm good. How are you? I am living the dream, uh, which is so commonly used that I always am curious when people say that to the ratio of sarcasm to real life. And I I think the sarcasm is is quite high for most of us, uh, because what is the dream at the end of the day? You know, it's I don't know. Maybe that's another that's another episode. Uh, But today, what are we going to talk about, JC? Body image. I'm excited. This is a really, a really good topic to talk about because I think that I wish I would have talked more about it and maybe talked more, knew more about body image and how to eat and how to feel yourself when I was younger mm-hmm. to the extent that I know now. So this should be a good one. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think for me, a hundred percent. Yeah. What what I did as a youth athlete, what I just even did to myself, uh, the self-talk, the, you know, to be open and honest, some eating disorders, um, you know, things like that, that just weren't just tied to my identity as an athlete, um, but is also still present today and how I view myself as a, a mom and a coach and all of that. So yes, I do think this will be Probably one of our most relatable uh, episodes because I, I think for most women, uh, girls, and I think honestly for guys too, I mean, the more and more I've been able to get guys to kind of open up about this topic, there is there are a lot of levels of body image that also impact them. And I think, you yeah. know, being aware of that is, is certainly there. So um, where do you want to start with this topic? Because, oh, it's a big one. Where do you want to go? Honestly, I think... For me, like, I remember when I was young, probably, like, 12, 13, yeah, around that age. Um, Obviously, like, I don't have any education or, like, training on how to, like, properly feel yourself, you know. I don't have Mm -hmm. that background. But um, I remember when I was younger, I would always think that eating less would make me more of an athlete. And so Mm -hmm. I can remember sitting at the lunch table in like sixth grade and I would have this is crazy two bags of like baked lace chips like I would have two bags of baked lace chips for lunch and then like a side of fries which none of that is even like remotely going to fuel you and then I was like okay that's it for lunch yeah like I would do that every day and then I'd go you know to training after school like you'd have a full day of learning Mm -hmm. go to practice right after yeah. Um, and I thought that that was going to like fuel me because I thought being yeah. skinnier was what made me mm-hmm. a healthy athlete. Oh, yeah. And, and I remember just even a comment of five pounds off of you is a huge difference. And, you know, there is truth to that in terms of 
but it's how the five pounds yeah. are put on or taken off. You know, those were, those were information pieces that were just lost. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think back to the diet I had, I think about the eating habits I still have that are not that great. Um, and certainly what I'm trying to change for my kids. Um, and sometimes I'm great and sometimes I'm terrible. Um, and so it is, but I also think about the fact that as we tie it into it, as you're, as you're saying, your choices tied into what you believed would be a result that would be beneficial to you or successful for you or what others imagined you should be. And yeah. it's so tied into others. It's, it is. I would definitely agree. It's everything's kind of like you want to be perceived well by other people, if that makes sense. And so mm -hmm. doing things for others, I don't know. I think like in the younger ages, a lot of girls, especially like I f fell into this trap of like, I just want to be seen as skinny by other people. Mm -hmm. And now I'm completely opposite. Like I, I'm someone that like, I'm always constantly trying to put on weight because like, mm -hmm. I want to beef up and like, I want to get, I want to bulk up. And I always say that like, I'm in bulking season, you know, like I'm trying to beef <laughs> up and I've completely yeah. like shifted my mindset around food and how I view mm -hmm. it as something that is like going to fuel me. And I try to portray that because, you know, as you said, it's a big thing. It's tied to you want others, you're doing something for others. You know what I mean? Not, not yeah. for others, but like the way people perceive you. And so that's mm -hmm. why I try to emit the whole aura of food is fuel. So that when people yeah. see that, they're like, yeah, food is fuel, you know? It, it totally is. And I know there's, I'm going to give a shout out to somebody that I follow and I've had on Fearless and Capable. Uh, it's Fit Plate Nutrition with Michelle Fumagalli. And I played, she was a handful of years younger than me in high school, but you know, I was kind of graduating out as she was coming in, but she's someone on social media that I followed who, you know, was in CrossFit and not just at the local level, like national level. She played at the University of Notre Dame and I love her Instagram because she is such a strong physical feature of a woman that is a mom and a new, uh, a dietitian and just creating such a better language around food and fuel as it, you know, relates to even not just athletes, but us as moms and, and different components of professionalism, because I certainly know even now being on the fields and not being someone who has ever been of a physique that is smaller, um, you know, <laughs> go old school. I feel like big boned has been the best way <laughs> to describe me. Um, and so certainly, you know, even now I'm extremely self-conscious to, if I'm in any sort of public arena, whether it's a course, whether I'm teaching or I'm a part of it, or, you know, any sort of dinners or anything like that, how I eat, because there's, Obviously, sometimes some, you know, I think some bias against males that are a bigger stature than females. Like we do have, if you're a bigger female coach, I've heard more words and I'm going to tell you one of the things that's going to infuriate you. Okay? okay. I was at a camp just last summer, just last summer. We're not talking years ago, a camp for high level athletes. And we are supposed to be high level coaches there to identify talent. Yeah. The men's sizes for their shirts went from a small 
to a double X. For the women, it went small, medium, large, all in female cut. So I made the statement, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so the guys can be above a large, but you're telling me for the women, we can't be above a large. Yeah. So then any of us looking for apparel as coaches, we had to go into the men's. And I know for a fact they make women's cuts in those sizes. So yeah. those were just like, whether budget, whatever, it was, again, another reminder of how women are to be perceived, even in my own you know, age and profession of what's acceptable for males versus females. And I'm sitting there just furious, which I mean, I saw your face as I was saying it. So yeah, that's a reality. Well, it's just, it's like they give you a mold and you're supposed to fit into this mold. Yeah. Your whole life is like, here's this mold and it will continue to evolve as you evolve. But really it's, you stay small and petite, whereas men are expected to be big, large. And we talk a lot about that in psychology, actually, where I was just learning, um, a lot of women are, have anorexia and that's like the most common eating disorder for women. And then for men, it's like where they're trying their body dysmorphia, where they're trying to get as big as possible. And they, they are always consistently seeing themselves as small, even if they're big muscular, like they're mm -hmm. not big enough. And so it's like two completely opposite ends. And that's kind of where it like fits into what you're saying with the shirts is like, here's your expectation. Here's what you should be. And if you're not there, then sorry. See yeah. ya. And we will be right back to our show. Fearless and Capable is a mentorship program specifically geared for women and girls working and participating in sport. A monthly membership allows you to access all of the resources, courses, workshop events, and team huddles that you can get in a month's time to support what you want to achieve in life. Our one-on-one -on -one mentoring services allows you to do a deep dive to meet with women across the industry that have gone through what you are going through and want to help and support you to achieve your ideals in your life and your career. You can check out more at fearlessandcapable.com and certainly follow us on all our social media channels at Fearless Capable. Now back to our show. Yeah, it, it was, I just, I certainly raised it to a handful of people that I think could have made. And, and honestly, the last event that was similar, uh, there were more sizes in the extended section for women. Um, and, and so there was, but I mean, would there have been if there wasn't a massive amount of conversation um, in that there was an, uh, an event I was in a couple months ago where there was discussions that they would be weighing the athletes teenage girls upon arrival and i was questioning why the why and then yep. the process and then the education because we would be getting teenage athletes who are with their parents who do not necessarily all have the same financial backgrounds to have access to certain types of food or even the amount of food in a similar way. And how are we educating what this number even means and how it's even going to be viewed or considered? And they couldn't, and to their credit, they pulled that stat because I think 
at least enough questions that were asked they could not answer and hopefully yeah. got to a point of deciding that this was not going to be a positive component regardless of the the science behind it and the yeah. you know the lack of any sort of uh bias it would be causing from coaches in terms of selections but it was i i was baffled that in this day and age with the conversations we are having now that this would even be something that was not well thought through before it was proposed as an actual <laughs> action step rather than yeah. like hey and so for you guys that i'd be interested um are you guys weighed yeah so i was gonna say that like there to me it seems different because at iowa like we're you know continuously there we show up every day it's like a team but for that that's showing up for selections so that seems a lot different like why would you yeah. need the weight that doesn't right. make sense to me. But I do get it at Iowa because we have a strength coach who, and we have a nutritionist who work together and they ha they take that information and they're just monitoring you. Mm -hmm. And you can sign off and not even have it released to the coaches if you don't want it to be. That's um, good. I have mine released just because, you know, I feel comfortable with them knowing. But it's just to monitor your weight and, like, they have your height, you know, and to make sure that everything's okay. And if they see any changes, they will work just connect with you and work with you to make sure that everything's going okay and yeah. you can always come to them and be like hey this is what i weigh i'd like to gain you know some weight i'd like to gain some muscle how can i do that and so they like take your numbers and help you so i really like like the system that we have going and mm -hmm. if people don't feel comfortable then they don't have to do it so that's what I, is really good I what's think. the process to the weight, is it like in a room by yourself? Like where, where is that process actually happening? So it's, I can't, it used to be every Wednesday and I feel like we've switched. I don't feel like it's every Wednesday anymore. Um, mm -hmm. but you just come into practice or you come into weights and the scale is turned. So only our, um, coach Roberts can see it, our weights coach. And he just, you step on, he writes the number down, and then you step off. And if you want to hear the number, you can come back later and he can tell it to you. Or you can always mm -hmm. go and weigh yourself. Like, I weigh myself in the middle of lift just to, like, see because I don't go up and ask because mm -hmm. the scale is just right there. So you can always go and weigh yourself if you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't – no one else can see it, mm -hmm. just him. That's good. Yeah, yeah I know – I feel like where I'm at – at the NAIA level, you know, we have a lot of great resources, but we do not have resources, particularly at a level that I think is helpful on yeah. the nutrition side. Um, yeah. And even in the, in the weight and conditioning. So, you know, for me, we're not weighing our players. Um, yeah. I don't feel like we have the resources around it enough to provide stable, um, consistent needs for it. So we don't, um, and that was a big thing is I'm, I'm happy to do it when I feel like we're in a space to support it. Um, yes. And I, I know that because, you know, <laughs> this is the difference even between what, you know, you're experiencing to what I experienced as an athlete, which included public weigh-ins in front of teammates, um, you know, things being written down, um, you know, body fat tests, which was essentially grabbing your thigh and, you know, putting the machine on and, and then, you know, my coach making fun of my weight for years until I finally was like, can I get some help? And they're like, oh yeah, there's a dietitian on campus you can meet. Really? Awesome. Cool. Met with her. And that's where like my trajectory changed drastically in terms of getting understanding of what fuels my body, 
what a calorie actually is and what I'll actually eat. I think that was the biggest thing. And that's why I've always talked to people is I remember her being like, well, what about this? And I'm like, oh, there ain't no way I'm going to eat that. I'm sorry. You can even bacon around a Brussels sprout makes me want to gag. Like I yeah. cannot handle a Brussels sprout for the life of me. Don't put it even, you can smother it and nope, nope. There's something about it. So I just remember I was able to sit there and be like, I'll eat that. I won't eat that. I, yep, yeah, sure. I'll try that and see what I like, or here's how you could make it. And that's where things change drastically with just someone sitting and having an honest conversation with me without judgment to give me information about who I am and what my preferences are and what would help me. Um, and that didn't come until well into my junior year. <laughs> like I'm That's two and a half years finished. made fun of. I think that we need to make it more of a priority to like implement even those resources at such a young age, because that's kind of where you, you see like all of these bad habits start, you know? Yeah. And so 100%. having the resources and having the information and having, yeah, just having someone come in and talk to like, I don't, I, I don't know how that would logistically work for any places because yeah, I don't know, but I think it would be really helpful. But Go ahead. There are programs that are being created that I know about and, and I'm happy, you know, FitPlate being one of them and others that are, they're working with younger generations at club levels and different, yeah. you know, privately and within group settings to try to start educating even parents in the, in, you know, you look at it is you're often eating as a young child, what your parents are going to provide for you. And yeah. that comes with even their financial status and what they're able to afford. And, you know, we work with athletes who, you know, their ability and access to food is drastically reduced. And, you know, you're hoping that they're getting the fuel and what's you know, going to help them and help them get into good habits, you know, when they maybe are a little bit more independent. But, you know, I think those are things that as like, I know as college coaches, this comes into conversations with recruiting. So when we're looking at athletes, potential student athletes for our program, looking at body type is something that, you know, I can't deny is not something I look at and consider when I'm looking at potential you know, players for my team and kind of what's their body style. Now it's not to exclude, but it's certainly to try to kind of figure out where, how are they going to fit in the system? What are their strengths and what are their, you know, weaknesses? Um, but that's not just, okay, well, this is a thicker body shape. So that's automatically meaning it's going to be this type of player for me. I don't try to have that bias, but I know that unconscious is there. Um, and you know, it's something that I try to work with every day in my own head when I'm looking at film and watching players. So, um, how did you guys feel in the recruiting process? Now you kind of mentioned as, you know, a younger athlete, you were certainly worried about being skinnier. That's obviously something you've changed, but did you ever realize that or think about it in the recruiting process? Um, honestly, no, but I do remember thinking I need to put weight on, um, coming into college because. And I look back on pictures all the time and I like, wow, I looked like a string bean. Like, you know, I looked really, really like skimpy. And I also could remember at the time thinking that I looked fat. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, no, you did not, JC. Like, I don't know what you were thinking, what was going through yeah. your head. Um, but now I'm huge on, I got to Iowa and I was like, I really need to put weight on because I need more mm -hmm. muscle. I need more like weight to swing back, you know? And mm -hmm. in soccer, I was more like, oh my gosh, I need to be so skinny so I can run around and be as quick as possible and as agile as possible. 
and that's again not even the case like i i needed weight then too you know muscle so mm -hmm. yeah in terms of like the recruiting process i think i just switched my mentality was like okay i need to put some more weight on Mm -hmm. I don't know what like made me realize that. Mm -hmm. I think I was just seeing all these girls and they're yeah. so strong and muscular. And I was like, there's no way I can be that if I don't eat and fuel myself. And that's good that you were seeing that representation. I think that would be part of it is that you did see it. I <laughs> I remember in college, um, <laughs> so I lived with five other players on the team. We were all soccer players. And we walked into this party and this guy looks at us and says, you guys must be the soccer girls. And we're all like, yeah, how do you know? Thinking that like he's been to a game or something. He goes, no, you all have big butts and big thighs. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. Like it was first like, duh. But yeah. <laughs> why do you think that's the opening line to us? But there was certainly this concept of like owning it then. And being yeah. like, well, I guess, I mean, but if that's the defining stature, I mean, yeah, look at the, what we have to do. Look what I can leg press compared to you. You know, all of those yeah. things that were realities of it, but that's how we were greeted. And he, I think he meant it as a compliment. I mean, I remember looking at him and going, you know, you have no chance with any of us this evening yeah. by your opening line. But, you know, those were the things that like were realities. And then you sit there and you're kind of trying to figure it out. And I know, you know, as you, I know, as we've discussed on a, a previous episode is that transition then from collegiate athlete to kind of next level professionalism. And, you know, there's, there's certainly for me a different um, significance in my body. You know, I, I know what my body has gone through with injuries um, and I know how that impacts what I do now as an adult. Uh, I know what. I've done, which is bring two children into this world and not, not that that, you know, defines women or not in their older ages, but that certainly, you know, my C-section scar is not something I am scared about or nervous. It's just a reality, but I can tell you in the last several years, like I have gotten more bold in my bathing suit choices. I'm still like a one piece mama, but I went from like <laughs> black bathing suits, like the mom bathing suits yeah. to a couple summers ago, I got like a cheetah print and this like fuchsia colored one. And my son was like, mom, what are you doing? But I was like, I'm just, I just don't care that much anymore. Yeah. Like this is, this body has been a division one athlete. It's had injuries. It's brought children into this world. It has been abused by everything I did to it when I was not healthy not in a healthy state of mind in dealing with my trauma of being, you know, sexually assaulted. You know, I drank too much. I binge ate, you know, I was bulimic for a while. Like there's these things that were realities that like, why would my body look great when I have put it through hell and back, but now I'm at a point where I'm, I'm healing. And I'm like, part of this is, is loving what this body has had to put up with, which is a lot. Um, and it's, it's kind of, you know, stood by me, good, bad, and ugly. Um, and it's still doing all right for me. And so that mindset, and I think that's kind of where we're at when it comes to body images, how can we fix the mindsets of the athletes, of the coaches, of parents, of even, you know, heck, let's go into media, you know, look at the fact that we get very little media attention anyways, and it's certain types of athletes that are going to be put on there. 
I completely agree. And then you start to see, we were looking at, um, just like we were watching women's basketball the other day and we looked <laughs> some of the players up because they were killing it, whatever. The first thing that pops up is their name and their weight. Yeah. And we were sitting there and I remember my teammates saying, I would not want my weight on Google. Like nobody needs to know my weight. Yeah. Certainly nobody needs to know a basketball player's weight. I understand wrestling. That makes sense. But past that, it's I don't know why. You, yeah. I don't know why you would That's... need to post someone's weight on Google. So yeah. that was just something that sparked something in our heads of. Yeah. There's kind of. And I, I feel like there's an issue around that. I wouldn't want the world to know my weight. <laughs> and why? No. Like, what is the why? What was the meaning behind that? Well, and you go into the fact that, you know, those videos of or images you can see of, you know, a woman weighing 165 pounds and the two versions of what 165 pounds can look like in physique and, you know, tall and short and all of these things. Um, and, you know, and I think that's one of the things that, I really, really struggle with is the fact that we are still in a society that does not value how these individual characteristics make us who we are. And so, you know, for me, I was never, I was always a bit, like I'm going to say, a little bit big boned, never super skinny, um, always with my eating habits. But I was short and stout and like, little teapot right here, you could not knock me over. Like I'm playing in the center of the field, winning head balls. You know why? Cause I knew how to box people out. I couldn't jump worth a, worth anything, but I was strong and I had a center of gravity. So what I learned was how to use what I have instead of worrying about everything I don't have. And I think that's part of where, how can we get conversations that are real and encouraging and empowering to say your body is amazing how do you use what you have and there are natural limitations everyone has them the tallest to the shortest to the biggest to the skinniest everything it's it's just about finding ways to use it to your advantage when you don't spend all the time thinking about everything you don't have or are not i, I don't know what do you think about that i completely agree i just I always go back to how do we implement this education when we don't have, because like you said, you guys don't have the resources to back up mm -hmm. um, weighing people, which the resources to back up are really what you need prior to ever even needing to weigh anyone, right? So we will be right back to our show. I'm JC Hall, founder of Unbreakable Female Athlete LLC and current student athlete on the University of Iowa women's rowing team. According to a study done by Always, of more than 1,000 girls aged 16 to 24, 67% of them exclaimed they feel society does not encourage girls to play sports. That's why I created Unbreakable Female Athlete. At Unbreakable Female Athlete, we work to educate, inspire, and empower girls all over the world, utilizing branded apparel. Overall, we work to cultivate a group of female athletes amongst the world under one message, Unbreakable. You can find our branded apparel on www.unbreakablefemaleathlete.com or Instagram at unbreakablefemaleathlete underscore. And now back to our show. Logistically implement this because it seems expensive if you have to hire like private entities to come in yeah. and speak on nutrition. I think there's a couple things. I think from the coaching side of things, we have to educate ourselves. So first and foremost, we have to understand that the ways that body image has been utilized in the past years uh, have not 
on an overall statement, produce the best results mentally or physically for most of our athletes. It's actually done more damage than it's done good. So the, the fact of the matter that this was how we did it, it just again, to add to a plethora of yeah. topics, you've got to go educate yourself. And there are amazing articles online and there are really good people to follow um, on social media channels and even reaching out to those experts and saying, where is the education? Where are the resources to help with that? I do that to the people that I know are professionals in that space and just being like, hey, I'm looking for an article with this. Um, I know without nutrition experts on our campus, I brought a professor in and he teaches you know, in those spaces. And so he spoke to their players and offered his services if they needed anything. So I don't have someone on a, you know, on an absolute more regular basis, but there was someone in the teaching field uh, that could come in and then offer the services individually. So that didn't come at an expense to me. So that education, that creativity, uh, and then honestly, just the open discussion and the encouragement that we all are unique. We all have these strengths. I think that's where the language of this and the mindset has to be role modeled by the adults. And then when we have fantastic athletes like yourself, JC, that are taking on this language, this public persona, honestly, in a lot of ways of strength, it's huge because we can show how this is the way that we want you to look at yourself. And even if you're somebody who's a more tiny stature that struggles to put on any weight, you know, we want you to feel valued in what you bring. And, you know, it's, it's those things that when we can educate and bring in resources that are free through social media, through research that's already done, I think we start a conversation where then individuals can find solutions, hopefully in a healthy way, um, instead of the ways that, you know, we've heard and, and we know of just end up producing more, more havoc on the body and mind than ever, ever should be. No, I really, that's, I completely agree. I think that having people, and I try to do this as much as possible, like I've said, is like, be open and honest and put like, how I eat, what I eat, that I eat five meals a day. I put that mm -hmm. out there because I've seen people do that. And that's kind of what inspired me. I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, athletes put out what they're eating and I, on TikTok, you know, TikTok's so yeah. great because you can find so many different resources. Mm -hmm. And I've seen student athletes who put, this is what I eat today. So then I'm trying yeah. to implement that into my diet because why not? Might mm -hmm. as well try it, you know? And then right. just post out there that this is this is what I'm doing, the, being public about it. Because if I would have seen that at, you know, 13 years old, I wouldn't have th thought, okay, I should have two bags of Lay's chips and fries <laughs> yeah. at lunch. You know, no. I probably could have been a much stronger, much more, built athlete mm -hmm. uh, probably would have been fueled more <laughs> probably could have yeah. ran done sprints a little bit better right um, but yeah i just think that people being open and honest about what they're doing is really big that's what's helped me at least yeah and i think that's where you know from me we're we're in such a better space with and we're not there we're not where we need to be but we're in a better space when it comes to you know, the image of, of a female athlete, we're getting better. You think about, you know, walking, we have a outlet mall where Adidas and Nike and Under Armour and, you know, all of these athletic brands are around and the images of the women are of different body types. And so you can see yourself in these other ones, yeah. you know, but it, I, I won't sit here and, 
and say in any way, shape or form that I have, I'm better, but I'm not all the way there. You know, when there was an announcement of even, you know, me getting the jobs and different things with my face, like I was in a complete hysteria crying. And this is less than a year ago in my car about a picture of me that was, you know, used and I hated it. And I was fearful of every judgment and mad at myself. And so those things are for people that, you know, have kind of, you know, maybe put a conversation around body image, not in positive ways around young women, realizing that these, these thoughts are really hard to break in your mind. So I can buy the fun bathing suits and some days I am strutting it like nobody's business and have no issues. And the next day I'm wearing the cover up and in my car crying hysterically because those thoughts are really, really hard to break. Um, you know, I'm going on 30 plus years of that and, and closer to 40 years than 30 years of just really negative self-image. And so as a coach, it's con it's, it's always with me on what size I'm going to order and what the players may think. If I, if I do a jog, even if I'm jogging, I'm always like, Oh no, you know, but I also know that I did some terrible things to my body. Um, you know, and I, I have to kind of understand that my body is actually repairing itself in so many ways right now. Uh, yep. But, you know, that's part of why it's so important that there's better conversations around it at the younger ages, at these really, really monumental years of being a college athlete, when you have that autonomy to choose, do you, does your weight go to the coach? Do you see the weight? Do you, what do you eat? How much are you working out? How do you look at calorie intake and how many calories you're, how do you, what language we as coaches and staff are so huge to what these young girls and women are going to be in their older years um, because it is certainly something I have not figured out as a whole. Um, and I hope someday I do, uh, but it's, it's something that's a huge work in progress for me. So JC for, for what unbreakable female athlete does uh, give us a little bit to what body image in, and things that, you know, portray to that, topic with your apparel line because that's where I think we kind of wrap this up is knowing that there's this great apparel line that supports your your body type and your your strength overall yeah well I think first um which is this is going to be really huge because I obviously unbreakable in the branded apparel is used to just empower others and you can take it any way you see fit which is I'm really really grateful that I chose that word because it's just, it really encompasses so many different values and so many different morals and whatever you believe in. But I think where Unbreakable Female Athlete is going next, and I've already chatted with you about this, is I want to start providing, you know, education because I said it's educate, inspire, and empower. Yeah. And so something that I'm really excited about is I want to work with you because you have, and you can speak on this more, your mentorship mm -hmm. programs. And so yeah. being able to provide those for young girls, um, probably, I don't know, age like 11 to 14, whatever that, that time frame where we spoke on, you, you need to have someone who you can look up to and a good role model who can provide mm -hmm. you these resources um, so that you have the ability to make good decisions at that age mm -hmm. and move forward with those good decisions. So that's where mm -hmm. our breakable female athlete is going next is, going to hopefully be able to provide these um, mentorship opportunities with you mm. in collaboration yeah. with you. So I think I like you to speak on that. So people know listening yeah. what 
we're going to start doing. Yeah, I think that it's huge. And I think even to the point I was making before is that mentors are great people to say, this is what worked really well for me. Uh, and this is what was something that was successful. And I wish I would have done this completely different. I wish I would have had these things. And then as mentors, I think the other piece that I really make a, a defining mentor label in is the fact that it's someone who is there to give resources and guidance. And so not only this is how I did it, go do what I did or don't do what I did. It's also going here are what, here's what I've learned or here are things that I've learned about. And so that's what I think will be beneficial to this collaboration is that one, you know, coming in to support women and girls who either are already embracing that, unbreakable and fearless spirit, or maybe need that extra nudge and that representation and that support. And I think those are the biggest pieces is that when they can sit there and have some relatability uh, from women and even, you know, young women that are going through things or have gone through things where there can just be this open, honest dialogue and really getting into places that, you know, they can, and they being the mentees and these young women and girls to say, here's where I need help. Because I think that's ultimately where, as women, we we struggle sometimes to truly put out to the world what we really need help in. Um, you know, there's that whole don't be this, like, you know, girl in the corner who's like, I just, the, the damsel in distress type BS. But also the, the fact that if I'm going to be a strong female independent at, independent woman, that means I'm a strong independent female and I don't ask for things, which is also it's just much BS as it is. So can yeah. we be role models and advocating and saying, here's where I need help. This is where I go get support. These are things that I do for my mental health, for my physical health, for my well-being, for my business practices, all of these things. This is how I figured it out, which has never been alone. The things I've gone alone on are probably the areas that I have done the worst in. Yeah. It's going, how did I bring in the people? And so us role modeling, supporting them, giving them resources, I think is always a huge part. And, and I think it's, and the, the thing is, it's a two-way street. And for everything that I maybe hopefully have led for you, JC, in some component, you have done everything in reverse for me and given me different pathways and things to consider. And so I always see that as a two-way street, that mentors who are really good at their job see that opening to learn as much as um, the mentee does. And so, yeah, I'm excited about the collaboration. And I think, you know, in all in all, like what you're doing, what I'm doing, us being these, these open, honest conversations, hopefully... Uh, there's somebody listening to this that says, listen, like, I love what my body has done and continues to do. I would maybe want improvements, but where can I find them and go advocate for those needs and support? So that's, that's kind of my closing on it. What about you? No, I think speaking from being the current athlete, I think just love yourself, love your body, be empowered, know that it's okay to look however you look. Um, I totally agree that I like how you said that now you can kind of see these models that you could see yourself in the model. So just yeah. be happy with your body and love yourself because you only have one of them. You, you do. don't get it back. You, do. <laughs> you don't get uh, another one. <laughs> you don't. Um, and sometimes it takes a little longer to repair than you would hope, but it is, it is wonderful what it does. And uh, I'll, I'll leave you on this. I was starting to talk to my fourth grade daughter about, um, some some wonderful things about the female body and she was just like oh no 
Like (laughs) what is coming? And she's had bits and pieces. This isn't the first conversation, but we just start layering in details. And she was just like, and I go, but it's amazing. And she was like, I don't think that's the word I'm going to use to describe all that. Uh, But I have lots of fun to come come, uh, up in my life with her as my daughter. But uh, yeah, so it is, it is, it is an amazing body. And when we can appreciate it, we go much further. So JC, until next time, um, you be you um, and keep bringing it all because it, it makes such a difference. So thank you. Thank you. You be you, Candace. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. I don't know how to be anything else. It makes me weird and unsure. So, all right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unbreakable and Fearless podcast. JC and I are working to make the conversations between coaches and players more productive and honest. We would love for you to subscribe to Unbreakable and Fearless wherever you find your podcast. Like what you hear today and share the show with your colleagues, friends, and family. Interested in learning more about JC? Visit www.unbreakablefemaleathlete.com. Want to check out what Candace is up to? Then visit www.fearlessandcapable.com. More episodes to come, and until then, embrace the unbreakable and fearless spirit.